and welcome to the can I even say, can I still say it the WCBI Miss 98 scoreboard as long as we let them know that the thoughts from this it, podcast are ours and ours alone hours and hours alone absolutely one ring to find them all <laughs> <laughs> but no folks welcome to week 14 14 man and week Two slash three of Two, playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brian and I are here to break down the north half quarterfinal matchups. One through six A and a couple of sprinkled in academy. So I guess this would be the north half semis state quarters. Yeah. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Wow. That's, man, it's right. It actually sounds better. Like if you lose this game, uh-huh. yeah, we were a north half semifinal. Yeah. Then we we're a state quarterfinal. <laughs> People know what four and eight, you know. Yeah, it's like well, back when it was basketball, we we would never tell them how many we were left. We would always say, "Man, we just made it. We were one game away from state." Yeah, <laughs> failed to mention Gentry. You know, did what to us? But <laughs> we were actually three games away, as bad as they beat us. <laughs> but if you beat Gentry, we'd have been there. Oh God, yes. for sure, for sure. All right, well, the basketball season's kind of coming on, yeah. but football season is winding down. Yes. But it's a really important time. It's it's I guess where uh, coaches earn their keep. And players really Absolutely. earn their earn their name. You know what I mean? Like That's you, right. You start hearing about people right now. Juniors coming up. Sophomores, sophomores and juniors, this is where they make their hay. This yep. is where going into summer, it was like, yeah, remember that kid that lit up so-and-so? Yeah. yeah. So it is that time of year. Well, let's start right at the top here. We've got a Class 6A second-round matchup. Let me, let, me, let me interject real quick. I'm going to try to – I'm gonna try to chill out with the the over exaggerations because all the games are good at this. They're all There's good. All yeah. really Everybody good playing can play. <laughs> really you know? play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were, I don't I don't suspect any fifty nothing no. scores like we had last week. But we'll start at the top with six A up here in the north. We have got uh, South Panola at Oxford, twelve and one at versus eleven and one. What a traditional matchup. I know. And if I am not mistaken, this is the only matchup in the state that is the our only losses to Starkville Bowl. True. <laughs> this is what this is. Yeah. Uh, you know, tell of a little bit two different type of stories in those two games, and I'm going to use that as a comparison point. Uh, and then I'll use another game as a comparison point. We use it, the transitive property here. At the, we do. At the preview pod, that's, for sure. That's what we do here in the a Cozy Boy against Studios. against B, B against C, therefore how would A do against C? That's how we exactly. do it here. Exactly. We're going to do uh, process of elimination. Uh, but... South Panola was in a one-score game with Starkville back and forth. Yeah, had they have lead, led, yeah. And led at half, I think. Uh, Starkville scored late to win, I think, 38-35. Um, on the other hand, Oxford got drubbed pretty good. To use a phrase from a previous podcast, Starkville boat raced them. Here we go again with the boat race. <laughs> <laughs> we row crew around here. What are we talking about? You, be, you know, the captain, I think, of the, the crew team is called the Coxswain. I think that's the name of the person. That's who, right. I think so, yeah. Okay. That's, I had an uncle named Coxswain. <laughs> Wayne was his middle <laughs> As we said, our thoughts, the thoughts are ours and ours alone. We don't have a radio show on Friday. We can be a little bit more risque now. So, if you do remember this podcast, don't talk about it until, like, August of next year. Yeah, for sure. Less teams will be tagged, so maybe less folks will listen. But anyway, maybe more folks. I don't know. But, um, no, man, Oxford got – Starples had Oxford's number. Uh, and they beat them pretty good. They they were tight with South Panola. Now, South Panola and Oxford did not play in the regular season. Why that matchup doesn't happen every year now that they're outside of each other's division, they need to. I mean, it's yeah. you think about the pipeline of players that South Panola sends to Ole Miss, and there's just a connection. It's both right there on Highway 6, two quality programs 30 minutes away. They need to play. Both in the same class. I mean, 100%. That, that might be why they don't do it now. Probably so. Because they used to. Back yeah, in the, oh yeah. Back well, in they the, were division the opponents past couple years. Yeah, and, well, and previously when one was six That's and right. one was five or one was five and one was four – they would kind of right. they would play them, but yeah, that's absolutely right. I remember there were times when Star oh, and uh, South Panola would come to Oxford. You know, when they were, we were uh, almost recruiting some players, absolutely. And those Oxford old white hairs would show up, and yeah, you know what they were doing. Yeah, they've been to the game all year. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, Bill, um, the strengths of these teams, and I will say this: this is a true offense versus defense true matchup. Starkville averaging thirty nine points a game, lead six A in scoring, very balanced. Oxford giving up a little, right at ten, South under Panola ten games. a game. Leading 6A in scoring defense. So, this is yeah. going to be an interesting matchup of – I think it's a classic case of what can South Panola defense do against Oxford offensively. To me, 
I think Oxford's defense, or excuse me, Oxford's offense is a little bit better than South Panola's defense. Okay. But I think that South Panola's offense is a little more dominant than Oxford's defense. I see what you're saying there. So it, it it's. So think, I like think, for South Panola to win this. You game. think like a 35-21 kind of game? I could see that. Uh, you know, and, and one touchdown thing, late. You know, last week, you know, I, I picked Tupelo over South Panola. Game was much closer than it seemed. It was a one-score game in the middle of the third quarter. Things got away from Tupelo, kind of snowballed on them. Um, I say that to say this. South Panola has evolved under uh, Antonio Draper, quarterback. Mm -hmm. First game of the season, played uh, Tupelo 0 for 3 passing for zero yards. 0 for 3. Since since then, he has passed for over 2,000 yards and 22 touchdowns. So, obviously, they have gotten something working with their passing game to complement Janari Dean on the ground. State guy, right? He was a Mississippi State commit. Oxford's going to counter with a more ground and pound. John Moore runs their their option package really, really well, and he's got the real ace in the hole that he can hand that thing to the big boy. Mm -hmm. And based on what I have seen from J.J. Pegues, kid is a game changer. For sure. Um, Maybe, probably going to be the best athlete on the field. I, I, th I think on, so. On a field full of athletes. That's that. <laughs> you don't, and you don't see that no, much. You really but don't. in 6A playoffs, that's where it will show up. Uh, but I think that's a great assessment, Brian. I think that that J.J. Pegues will be the best player on the field. If the, Both these staffs are so well coached, so well prepared, disciplined. I look for Sal Panola to make John Marr throw the football. I think that they're, they want him to they, – they don't want Oxford to do what they want to do. Nobody does this time of year. And I look for Oxford – to actually probably zone out and mix in different kinds of blitzes on Draper because he's proven that he can make the simple pass. Mm -hmm. He can always hand off to Dean, but what do you do when you zone blitz? And he's you know? a little bit of a mobile guy back there, right? He can, he can move his feet a little bit? Yeah. D Death in Texas, South <laughs> Panola has a mobile quarterback. That was sar sarcasm from over here across the room. Sorry. Well, and <laughs> I was laying it on pretty thick there. <laughs> the last, I would say, non-mobile quarterback that South Panola had was uh, – was uh, White da David Renfro. Yeah, yeah. And he was a second-round pick for the Red Sox. For sure. So, he had a really good arm, obviously. Well, but didn't Pogue have a kid that played quarterback? He, played he did. Yeah. He did. Yeah, but – But nonetheless, uh, this is going to be a good he football game. Uh, at Oxford, a little it bit is, of edge yes. for them there. I, I think if the game is at South Panola, I would go ahead and chalk it up to a South Panola victory. Yeah. End of the day, I, I like South Panola by a few. Okay. Um. I could definitely see South Panola winning this game. But I'm going to make the prediction that I make every week, and it never happens. Oxford wins on a Jack Tannehill field goal. You do make that a lot. <laughs> every week, and it never happens. One of these weeks, he's going to do it. I know, and then everybody's <laughs> going to say, Dad gum, that Brian said that Brian yeah. called it. <laughs> oh, for 13. Coming <laughs> one, one. one for 14. They only remember when you're right. Trust that's, me. That's Trust right. me. Especially on a weekly podcast. 100%. <laughs> for sure. Uh, next game, and I really think, I honestly think this one, I think it's going to get out of hand. Olive Branch is Starkville. I think this is the one of the few that we're going to look up and go, eh, outclassed there. And I, I say this every week about Olive Branch, but I, I, here they are. Yeah, here they are. Um, I think Olive Branch defensively had a great plan for Madison Central last week. Yeah. I think that I think that Madison Central had maximized what they could do offensively, and Olive Branch took advantage of it. It was a home game. You made a great call last week saying that they were going to be tough at home. They are. Which is exactly what they were. This week they're headed down – Octavia Hall County to play the Yellow Jackets, and this time of year, uh, I, I think that Stark was going to present too many problems in the air for Olive. They're Branch. way more balanced than Madison Central was coming in. I think a hundred percent. You know, you know, and, sure. and 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 I think that Olive Branch stood on its head a little bit offensively last week. I think that they, I mean, I think that they played above their head in True. other words, and, and that that pushed them through. But um, not to beat a dead horse, but but Starkville has just been. All cylinders, man. Since that West Point game, and, and I don't, I don't know that there's anything stopping them at this point. Yeah, I agree. I, and I, I mean, I hate to look away, look ahead to next week's podcast, but I'm, I, I don't want to say I'm certain, but I just feel really strongly that we're headed for another Stark Bowl versus the U matchup from okay. the half. I mean, that's probably happened thirty times where Starkville's played South Panola for the right to go to the state championship. Yeah. And I see it happening again. I, I like Starkville pretty big in this game. I agree. I agree. Uh, 5A, we got Lafayette at West Point. <laughs> Brian, this, can you uh, do me a favor? You know those hatches I've got over there by the uh, by the fireplace? Batting those down. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Um, you know, Randy Anderson going down to uh, 
West Point. It's going to be interesting. Um, yes. The coaching staff, as we mentioned before, at Lafayette has gotten a lot out of this team. They're nine and three. Um, you know, have probably had the upset loss to Lake Carmel. Kind of threw yeah. a little bit of a monkey wrench in their plans. Sure. But we all knew we were going to end up here anyway. They're, they're, they're where we thought they were going to. Be. I mean, maybe one round earlier than, yeah. they, sh- than they should this have been. This is the matchup we pointed but to. But this, this is this is the one for sure. For sure, happen eventually. And you know, I, I we talked about this four or five weeks ago when they met in the regular season. West Point comeback victory late at Lafayette, really impressive. We all know how tough West Point is in West Point. They're tough in Moscow, <laughs> but but but. In West Point, in Point City, uh, man, they are a different animal. I say all that. These two teams, I mean, if there are two teams that are more familiar with each other than any other in the state, I think it's these two teams. Yeah. Because not only, you think about this too. West Point and Lafayette have kind of moved up and down classification with each other throughout the years. I mean, we saw them in 4A, then we saw them in 5A, and then we, you know, West Point went up to 6 for just a little bit and then went right back down. And then, the, you know, so they've always been in the same division, uh, smaller class, I mean, smaller number size classes. If I'm Michael Fair and staff at Lafayette, I keep my game plan pretty much the same I had it the first time. Because whatever you did the first time was Almost right went. for about five, all but about five minutes of the game. The one thing I would, I would, I would, I would make it a point to put emphasis emphasis on is West Point is a momentum team. When they don't have it, you know they're still going to get it. When they do have it, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. I think Michael Fair this week, and, and Ben Ashley specifically defensively, will preach to his guys, let's make them grind out their drives. Because when West Point can hit you with chunk plays, then you're really in trouble. Because one of the few teams in the state – that actually likes being on defense. Like, you hear most high school football coaches, they'll say stuff like, well, you know, we really need a three and out right here. West Point expects a three and out. They do. And, you know, and they, and they, they're, they're, when they have to go, when they have to punt it, they're fine. They don't care. They know that their defense is stingy. They're, they're always good. I look for Randy Anderson to make some plays with his arm this week. And I could, you know, we always talk about the old trick play booger. If there's ever a week for a team to just bust it all out. Because here's the thing. You think about this if you're either side. Odds of you seeing a tougher opponent or more physically imposing, faster. You know, I, I know Picayune looms on the other side. West Jones, you know, those type of teams. But, like, I think anybody in the state, including the South, would agree that the state championship may be played Friday night in West Point. You know, I mean, yeah. I, you know they've got – I know they're confident. It's not that they're not confident in the South. But it, what I'm saying is everybody's got their eyes on this game. Right. You know, and I think that – I think that in the end, just because it's at home, Brian, I'm going too much point. Okay. I just I, – I, I, it's not that I'm I'm rooting for Lafayette. I'd love to see them go down there and win and get you know get revenge, but I think football is better when West Point has a dynasty. Agreed. And I just I don't want to see it end. I didn't want to see South Panola's in, and, and they were in Tupelo's division, you know, six seven eight years ago. When you're rooting for your own team and another team is great, you hate it. But when it's in your state, you love it. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, absolutely. I mean, high, high school sports, we like to root for our home team. But at the end of the day, it's kind of inconsequential. Sure. You know what I mean? But you want your state to be on the map. That's when South Padola won the national championship. Yeah, and West Point big, keeps us on the map. And they do. They really do. For sure. Um, I think West Point wins this one, maybe even going away. They may. I, they they could. They score a couple late. You know, like you, you know, said. And that's, you know, with it being at home, like we said. I mean, you know, this could, I could, like you're saying right now, I could totally see this being a 24-21 ball game in the middle yeah. third. West Point having a long drive, making it 31-21, then getting a turnover and yeah. then it looking a lot worse than it was. Yeah, Lafayette has to kick an onside kick. If they, if they ever, you know, if they score late, you know, yeah. I mean, stuff like that. I, I agree. I would also like to see West Point playing in the Soviet Union and Russia. I think that would be a fantastic game. And as, as tough as they say that the, the Russian folks are, they ain't seen nothing like this. They would get trounced. Nothing. Yeah. Give me your best 22. It's yeah. not happening. Sorry, give me, Maybe give me your best 40. Yeah. <laughs> Putin would be done. He'd be so mad. 
what is going on here? But we, we, we would trounce them. All right, uh, moving on. Lake Cormorant at Neshoba Central. This is probably a game that nobody predicted. Yeah. 8-4 uh, Lake Cormorant versus 9-3 uh, Neshoba Central. Well, one reason to the point that you just made is I think that, like we just talked about, everybody kind of expected Lafayette in yeah. Neshoba Central right here and then yeah. probably West Point and Lake Cormorant. Yeah. And it would have made it a little bit. But really, really interesting. I, I, I think, and, and again, I don't know a lot about either of these teams. Obviously, they're very good football teams. Teams in 5A get lost in translation every year because there's always a kind of a big four, West Point, Lafayette, and then there's always two from the south, West Jones or Picayune, you know, like one of those Laurel. type teams. Laurel, exactly. Uh, Hattiesburg even uh, when they were 5A. You know, I, I think about that, and this is going to be a game where I, I'm – it's not a trap, obviously, the playoffs. It's a trap. But but <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> but Emerald I could bar. see uh, one of these teams, and not knowing which, look ahead. Yeah. Uh, but say, you know, hey, we got to beat West Point or Lafayette next week and kind of forget, you know, the team we're playing across the other sideline is pretty good. I think that team's going to be in the show, but Central and let Carmer and upsets them. I'm just going out there on let a limb. Let me say this. I, I really think that's what happens. I like that prediction, and I'm with you, and I'm going to tell you why. There's nothing that Lake Cormorant has not seen. They've played West Point. They've played Lafayette. They've played Grenada. Who did they play out of district? They lost four games. It had to be bigger schools because oh, yeah. not many smaller uh, schools will play I think they lost them. to um, – Did they play Charleston? Somebody like that? They yeah, played Cenotopia. Okay. They played Cenotopia. Uh, I, think they actually, I think they actually gave Cenotopia their only regular season loss. Okay, yeah. Um, but – Lake Cormoran is just – I mean, and it's not – the Shoba Central played Tupelo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they played Grenada. Uh, so, there's a comparison matchup. But Grenada beat uh, – Grenada beat Neshoba Central. Grenada lost right. to Lake Cormoran. So, back to your method there. The a transient equals B property. and B equals C, then yeah. A is equal to <laughs> uh, But, no, I, I like Lake Cormoran, man. I, I really do. I, I think, you know, they're, they're two SEC running backs. And they're hot. Uh, Jarquez Hunter. And uh, I can't think of the other one's name. But they're, 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 they're big-time players. Juniors for Neshoba Central. Going to be an interesting game. This will be an exciting game that nobody talks about. For sure, for sure. Uh, I'm going for the Gators. Yeah. Rooting for them. Same here. Uh, okay, moving on. In uh, 4A, Itawamba, AHS, 13-0 at Corinth, 11-1. Okay. Um, this is where I always think you should have lost one. We've talked about this. Because mm-hmm. it's tough now, you, you know. Let me say this. I think the one thing – that Itawamba has in its favor is it just had to win a game late. Mm-hmm. It, it has had, had a to real win. challenge. Itawamba has had to win two games late in the last four or five weeks, yeah. one being last week. You're, you're, Corinth yes. has not lost since a three-point loss to Tupelo where they had the lead in the fourth quarter. Um, I look for Itawamba to surge out big. As a matter of fact, if I'm Clint Hoots, I want the ball first. Simply because – I like that, by the way. Not enough people decide they want the ball. Why did, like Ole Miss deferred the other day. What the heck for? Anyway, continue. No, I, I'm with you. <laughs> what, no. you what you got to lose? Right. Unless you're going to kick it on side. Right. Why, and that kind of brings <laughs> me to my next point. Uh, you know – I love trick plays, man. Oh, man. So I don't think I ever punted playing Madden. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Didn't Brian. win much either. Because <laughs> – <laughs> because um, Corinth's offense, the wing tee, is kind of a trick play in itself. It's very, very simple and basic. Deceptive. But, but it's very deceptive in the fact that you don't know who really has the ball until they have it and you see them. There's traps, there's dives, there's buck sweeps, jet sweeps, keepers, waggles, you name it. And it can all happen. If they ever from, take that thing out of the running back's belly and throw it, you're in trouble. Well, yeah. I can tell you this. Defensive coaches, just your – and we're not talking about average coaches because these the coaches on these staffs are not average under any circumstance. Mm-mm. But the average high school defensive coach is going to tell those 11 guys on the ball defensively to say, you've got to stay with the ball. Well, the problem with that is, is when it's snapped, you don't see it for a couple of seconds based on how this offense runs. So if your eyes are in the backfield for three seconds – and that, like you said, that ball is pulled out of Tam Patterson's belly. You may have a guy 15 yards behind you. Oh, I know. And DT Sheffield will throw it over your head. He'll get we it. We have there. seen that. Um, I like the fact that Itawamba has had just recently had to play a tough, grinded out 
come from behind, everything you've got, one last drive type of game. I say that to say Corinth is just a machine, man. We talked to Coach Lowry on the radio the other night. I love that he had great things to say about Itawamba, but I can hear the confidence in his voice. Of course. Last year, I don't know that they had it because their defense was somewhat susceptible. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it was. But I'm, I'm telling you, this year, he feels like, and I think his kids and his staff feel like they can take on anybody. And I think they know that they have learned from the lessons of the past. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They, they played some bigger schools. They yeah. beat some bigger schools. They lost some. They lost some late. That's right. They lost last year in the playoffs. I was there. Yeah, I mean. Uh, lost to Greenwood really on har- a turnover. If they would have just fashion. held on the yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. They were they would have been playing Knoxby for the four A North Half or yeah, Louisville. Yeah, and, and I and I really I really think I mean, there's always kind of that thing. Uh, if you ever want to get there, they always say you, you have to have either gotten there the year before or learned a lesson the year before. That's exactly right. And they in football, it's not like getting there because it's not like the basketball state tournament where you can take eight. You know, right. getting you there get is just to the yeah, state tournament. Yeah, but I, I feel like Corinth did both last year. They got a long way and they learned a lesson. And that's why I like them to win this week. I do, I do too, Brian. And, and it's it, at home. And, 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 and that's the other thing is it is at home. Um, you could I could tell you this, the one thing, and, and just to, not to beat a dead horse here, but speaking specifically to the wing tee, it's tough enough as it is for a, a defensive staff to prepare for this during the regular season. You think about the pressure. You think about the undefeated season that Itawamba is having. It's going to be even tougher for them. I mean, you, you think about this. Friday night when they got done, they had to be exhausted after playing West Lauderdale. They're go- I, I mean, they have legitimately four and a half days yeah. to get ready for this. And, I mean, and that staff's good. I know they were in there Saturday morning in the wee hours. Probably had their kids there Saturday afternoon going ahead and watching, putting stuff in on Sunday. They probably took an extra day of preparation. I like Corinth to, to win. I don't like it going away. I think that Itawamba makes this a ball game. I think they're too good and too well coached. It's too exactly talented. right. I think Day-Day and Ike are too good. I think the defense is still not necessarily disrespected, but I think it's I think that they are they're battle tested enough that they can get some stops, but thinking they can get some stops and getting them is a different thing. Yeah. And the one thing about Todd Lowry is he can do whatever he wants to at any time on offense. And if you've never seen him on the sidelines, Brian, he is so he would probably he would probably disagree with this. He would probably say, "Man, my mind's going 100 miles an hour." But he sits over there, he's got his hands in his pocket. His coordinators have got, you know, they've got everything buttoned up with their position groups. He may call the play in, but he trusts his process. Yeah. And you can just tell by watching him, man. And it's it's a really cool thing to just sit back and watch a guy go, "That's our football team right there. That's what we do." And I think at the end of the day, I think that Corinth will be a little bit too much for Edwamba. And if that does the case, fantastic season for Itawamba. I mean, absolutely incredible. Everybody knew they were going to be good, expected them to be good, and they did exactly that. Yeah, I agree. And we um, may be talking about them next week. We never know. We might be. And, you know, man, I hate to almost undervalue Coach Hoots and them. I know. Uh, they're so good and they're so talented, but I just have a bad feeling about Same it. Same here. I mean, I mean, not necessarily that I'm not saying Corn's better. When you got Sistrunk and the two Chandlers, oh, I mean, yeah. you're just as talented. And, well, and you, you look know. at this, too. Itawamba has been good for forever. I mean, ever since Coach Hooch and staff have been there, eight, nine years in a row in the playoffs, I mean, they're established. We've watched Corinth build. We knew Itawamba was going to be good this year, but this is Corinth's quote-unquote year. This is yeah. the year they're, they were been building at. When Coach Lowry got there, the kids that are seniors right now were freshmen. So you know there's that added, added incentive, you know, that we've been through the full process of this. So I just, I like Corinth in the end. Yeah, you know you made a good point there. I feel like Itawamba is always good at football. Yeah, you know, are really competitive. Mm-hmm. There are times when Corinth has not been. No, you know, I mean before before uh, B Brown they weren't real great. Right. And after there was a time little spell with, after, and, and then right before Coach Lowry, I think they had a three and nine season, and then they went uh, four and seven. And, in his first and how year. long has he been there? This is his fourth year. Okay, so that's what so I was his thinking. Freshmen were are seniors now. I was remembering our first few years at Pontotoc together that. Corinth wasn't very good. No. I mean, you know what I mean? And he came in, kind of revitalized the program a yeah. little bit. I remember we were in a really uh, tight, bad football game one year at Corinth. Oh, you remember that? I do remember we that. Were, yeah, it was kind of like, who's going to 
make a mistake for the other team to win kind of game. Uh -huh. That is not the case anymore with college yeah. football for sure. Absolutely not. Um, all right, well, the other game in 4A, uh, pretty good matchup. Grab um, those hatches over there again, Brian. Because <laughs> batting them down. Uh, Louisville at 11-2 and two at Greenwood at 12-0. and 0. I think this is going to be the hardest-hitting, most man football game in of the state of, of Mississippi of Friday. Friday right? There's yeah, no sure. question about it. That is the that's the grown men are playing point. in this game. A hundred percent. There are people. I'm 34 years old, and I kind of live by that creed of uh, we wish. Eric Church lyric. The, I, I do live on that, the wish factor. <laughs> but uh, I live on that Eric Church lyric from that song. Most don't mess with a guy like me. Yes. I would not fight anybody on either of these rosters. No. <laughs> Especially the ones that are starters. But that speaks to what Brian said. This is a grown man's football game right here. If Greenwood. If you're soft, you yeah. need not apply for this if game. If you're soft, don't even take, buy a ticket. Yeah. Because you're going to see stuff. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be pad popping. Um, now, this is an interesting game. Now, I want to say this. Louisville from a schedule – Louisville, excuse me, from a schedule perspective. I might call him Louisville. I'm sorry. I do it all the time. No, I do it all the time. Yeah. I can't ever get it right. Uh, tomato, tomato, in other words. But I think Louisville is a little more battle-tested from their schedule because they play that regional Golden Triangle schedule, which gives them Startwell and West Point and Knoxby and Columbus every single year. That's their out-of-conference schedule, those mm -hmm. four teams, every year. Tradition is on their side. They are trying to win their 10th state title. 10. 10. I know. Rings on both thumbs. That's crazy. Crazy. And a lot of them are recent. I know. <laughs> you know, the, uh, if you if you played on last year's team, you're looking for your second, maybe third. I say all that. There is something magical to me about this Greenwood team. They scheduled a little bit up, but but you know, they it's are hard for them to schedule. Team. It's hard they're for them to schedule. Delta team. Mm -hmm. uh, they just destroyed their own division. I could be out of my mind, Brian, to pick against the Power Cats of Louisville, and Robbie Donahoe will probably text me if I am wrong. But I like the Greenwood Bulldogs this week. I have watched them come so close. So many times. Let's rewind a little bit. Three years ago. We were there. We were there. And we watched an awesome Pontotoc team get out by the skin of their teeth in Greenwood. Last year, Greenwood knocks off Corinth at Corinth in a game they probably should not have won. Loses to eventual North Half champion Louisville. I think that this is the year that Greenwood gets over the hump. I like that. I was actually going to make the same prediction. I hate that. I know, <laughs> well, and, but I'm, and, and, I'm glad that you did. And, and the reason is, uh, I was I was at that game a few years ago, and we saw the athletes, and and we we could see kind of it was like a it was like a stone that yeah. had a little bit of it chiseled away, and you could see the big guys on the line, but oh, you, yeah. but you and you could see the coaching staff doing a good job, but they didn't quite have the refined skill guys. The, the, that and the, they didn't have an in-depth, deep passing yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's where Pontotoc was so good. That you had Austin, right. Austin Morphus on the back end mm -hmm. and uh, Young you Hobson know, maybe and Hobson yeah, I mean, and, and uh, I can't think of the little guys. Ralph Dunn, triple Ralph playing. Dunn, yeah, Caleb Triple. They Vance, Caleb Tri I mean, like that secondary was so good. Right, and and I th I feel like now Greenwood is I hate to, a little bit more refined. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I think their coaching staff learned a lot, kind of like the Corinth team did. They said, guys, we've got to put, put a few more wrinkles in here. We've got to do a little bit more player development at the skill spots. And we they're always good. Oh, man, always. They're, they, are the one, they are the one rare school in 4A in the Delta not named like Clarksdale or Charleston that cares about football more than they do basketball. They're the best of the big schools in the Delta, right? Yeah, 100%. Because I mean, Greenville, Greenville's kind of – They've gone down, very bad. and Clarksdale yeah. has kind of lost its luster over the years. Yeah. Uh, they have actually overtaken Clarksdale as the powerhouse in that division every year. Yeah. Um, you know, and I just, man, I, I just got to, it's one of those I got a feeling type things. The Friday night's going to be a good night. For Greenwood. <laughs> <laughs> I was quoting Fergie. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was I was crystal clear on that <laughs> reference. I was letting our older podcast listeners know. I'm sorry. <laughs> For those. 
they're probably like, no, why, uh, why in the hell is Brian talking about this? Fergie, you, uh, sorry. If you, if you're if if this game is at Greenwood, you said. Yeah, it's at Greenwood. So, folks, if you're traveling from Atala County, or excuse me, Winston County to mm-hmm. Greenwood, do us all a favor and do yourselves a favor. Go check out the Crystal City Grill. Do it. It is an amazing establishment. One of the best fish house Fridays we've ever had. Uh, you will not be disappointed, and they will treat you like you are family there. And the food is phenomenal. Make sure you get the tamales. I was about to say, if you don't get tamales, you're not, not, gonna you're let that not doing it right. That that year where we went to Greenwood and went to Corinth, and went to, that was the best Fish House Friday year of all the Fish House Friday years. Was that the same year we went? Minus this one. Was that the same year we went to uh Como. Anthony's. Went to Como, went to Anthony's. I skipped out on the Como trip. I had some other yeah. things going on, but I made it to Anthony's. Yeah. Vanderford says Anthony's was his favorite of all time. It was amazing. Was that, a, that was a Caledonia game, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, Jamboree. Jamboree, because we, we had to go after, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't we have to go after because we were running behind? Yeah. I'm sure Chris made us late. But anyway. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, 3A. Oh, Lord. There's two big games, and one of them is really near and dear to my heart. Uh, Houston. Nine and three at Knoxville County, eight and five. Absolutely, this is the one that's near and dear to my heart. Yep, I will unabashedly say I am rooting for the goats. I most certainly am with you, and that I am rooting for Houston as well. <laughs> yeah, Knoxville County is a great program, tradition rich, just as tradition rich as anybody that we have in this Absolutely. area. Um, and they're probably the favorite. They're even though they're eight and five, it's not your, it's not your, as you say, your grandfather's Knoxville. It's team. not your Tyrone Shorter of Knoxville Tigers, but they're. <laughs> I mean, they're not speed. They're still not speed. <laughs> and even though they're eight and five, they're going to be the favorite here. If I had to set a line, I'd probably put about four and a half. I like that. You know what I mean? But the resiliency of the the Hilltoppers this year, Coach Harden, how they've battled back from injuries, how they plugged and played. Absolutely. One thing I like about Coach Harden is he never makes excuses. He never makes excuses for his players being out. He just mentions, we well, you know we had some guys banged up, but he never says we couldn't stop the run tonight because our defensive. He never. And he, he always makes the mention of, hey man, we we we're next man up. Yep, and that, they are. And I like, and, you know, and that's him. That that's his. That's his. That's his staff. 100%. That's Houston in general. The town. I mean, those. That's just the way they kind of are. And and. I think Knoxville is good. It's going to kind of be like playing a Biggersville. You know what I mean? They're going to know that Houston was there no matter what the outcome of that game is Friday yep. night. And I, I don't, I don't want to make a prediction. In my head, I know what I'm thinking. Uh, I like Knoxville to win this game. Mm-hmm. I don't. It hurts to say that because I want to see Houston win this game so bad. Um, that all said. The, the most eye-opening score to me last week, despite considering we had a ton of eye-opening scores, but the most the one that I was the most impressed with was Noxaby going on the road and beating Senatobia 21-0. For sure. Based on what I what you and I both saw from Senatobia, that's not something that I would have predicted. I would have told – I think I did tell you that Senatobia was going to win that game. Uh, to shut them out at Senatobia, that, I, I'm blown away by that. I think that they have hit another gear since that loss to Choctaw County, and I'm since a rematch. Yeah. I, that all said, I'm rooting like hell for Houston to win this game. Me too. Um, I'm not going to make a score prediction out of uh, – I don't want to say respect because I know what Reed Flowers would call me if I didn't give a score prediction. <laughs> I also know what he would call you. <laughs> so, I'm not going to give a score prediction, but I'm going to say this. I think the team that is able to um, – impose their will and control the clock will win this. I mean, you know what I mean? Oh, I, yeah. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but Knoxby likes to score. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. if they're able to – what I mean by that is control the clock in their way. Quick plays, boom, put the ball in the end zone. And that, that's probably going to be the key to Houston's yeah. success is can we keep yeah. them from having the ball. So that's kind of my thing. When, by Houston controlling the clock, I mean they have to control it on offense by running the ball, but they also have to make Knoxby drive the field. Yes. And maybe uh, force field goals. Yeah, let, make, let, them, let them stretch you to, between the 20s. Make Knoxby get it, you know, a fourth and three from the 44 and say we don't need to punt this, we're going to go for it, and stop them. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of game – Houston wins. That's that. That's what I, I agree. Think. Maybe take a punt to the house. They've done that before, right? Oh yeah. And, yeah. and let's say that, you know I'm not discounting Houston. No, absolutely not at all. Because they have come up huge. Any team with Rich Alford's got a chance. One hundred percent. And Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. These two guys both had ten tackles and four sacks last week in a playoff game. In an eight-six <laughs> playoff game, they combined for twenty tackles and eight sacks. And it's not that's like unheard of. And it's not like they're running up stats in a blowout. They need every no. one of those tackles. They won by two. Yeah. <laughs> but two. <laughs> but uh, but I, no. Uh, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a really, really good game. And I'm uh, 
Houston, we're we're rooting for you like crazy, man. Yeah, and, uh, and like I said, Knoxby's the favorite there, uh, but it, it, I, I wouldn't be surprised. The goats are resilient. It would not animal, shock me. They sure. played in more close games probably than anybody in this state this year. Yeah, and you know, um, I just like I like the character of their team. I do too. I, I like the makeup of it. I think they it, uh, they uh, they take the attitude of their head coach. You're right. You right. can tell. And and the cool thing about sports and athletics is you only got to have one more point than your opponent when the final buzzer sounds. And they're pretty good at that right now. Amen. Um, let's see here. Choctaw County and Amanda Elsey. Now, there's some unknown in this game. As in, we don't know anything about them other than both teams are really dang good. Yeah. I mean, Elsey every week we keep saying, who are these guys? <laughs> we, we, we've, I think we've picked against Elsey three weeks in a row. I'm not going to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not either. Uh, I say that, you know, and, and, you know, using that just, you know, based on scheduling. Um, dude. Anybody that can beat Houston and beat Knoxby and win a division and go undefeated, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a hard time picking against and them. And put up the points they do. <laughs> They're putting uh, up 40. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but, no, I, I man, I I like Choctaw County to win this game without knowing hardly anything. I think Desenzo Miller has a kid that plays for them, right? Yes, yes. Mm, sophomore, uh-huh. athlete. Yeah, imagine that. Coach Moorhead, if you're still in Startwell in two weeks, <laughs> here's a kid you need to look at. Same to Coach Luke. <laughs> For sure. But, man, it's going to be a good game. I like Choctaw County to pull it off. Um, and it's just because of really, I guess I hate to say it again, the unknown of LZ. Uh, same here. Um, but also by looking like that transitive property we talk about, the the thumpings that they put on really good teams. Oh, my god! And to hear eyewitness firsthand accounts from those coaches like Ty Harden and Reed Flowers yeah. and people telling us and Zach Mackins saying, hey, man, these guys, these are, guys for, are for real. These guys are for real. You know, that just speaks a lot to me to hear Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, 2A, a little bit of a – little bit. Of, this this first prediction is going to be tough because it's Calhoun City at Charleston. Ooh. Now, if it was at the right. bone – if it was at the Boneyard, it would be no-brainer, city all day. Oh, man. But when it's 9-3 and three Calhoun City at Charleston, who is 9-4, and four, and I'm sure Morgan Freeman's going to be around there somewhere. Duh. Yeah, it's going to make it a really interesting night for sure. Man, um – they're still fully vest- invested in the football program at Charleston. There will be people in the stands. Oh, there's no doubt. They ain't worried about they basketball season. They ain't worried about well, – yeah, basketball season can wait. <laughs> we had December. Um, that said, I think Calhoun City is due – they're due to get beat. They really are. They are. Because here we are in week 14, and Brian, for eight weeks now, we've just been – we do the little rundown of the schedule, and whoever Calhoun City's playing, we'll make a joke about it. You know, you know, have fun, stay healthy, and, you know. Safe travels. <laughs> safe travels. But this week, the shoe is on the other foot a little bit. Interesting dynamic here. You've got Calhoun City with a first-year coach, Chad White, longtime defensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's. this is a big game for him personally. Because folks in Calhoun City are used to winning this game this time of year. Yeah, if you don't win this game, you're just another Calhoun City team. Right. But you Perry know. Lyles has won this game so many times. Yeah. The baton's been passed to Chad White and said, hey, man, you know, this that we expect to be here. Just making sure you know that. We expect to win this game. Yeah. Flipped a coin a little bit. Charleston dropping down to 2A for the first time. So it's a little bit one of those things. It's kind of a, a perennial power from the old 3A. Versus a perennial power from the two A for forever. Forever, they were. Cone City was kicking people's tail in two A when I moved to South Pontotoc in nineteen ninety five. Correct. Bernard Sykes was throwing people all over that place. There's still Sykes down there. Yeah. His nephew, son, whatever, Brighton. A few years ago, graduated last year. Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, I'm not calling this an upset because it's not. But I. I if you didn't know anything and you didn't watch either of these two teams play all year, didn't even know that Charleston dropped down, I think you'd pick Charleston at home. Sure. I like Calhoun City to go on the road and make a statement that, yes, we've been killing people. We've been that much better than everybody we've played thus far uh, outside of, you know, inside of their division. I, I, I like them to win a low-scoring, tough, hard-nosed football game. I'm going to go uh, the opposite Okay. I actually like Charleston to win this game because it's at Charleston. Okay. I think they're the two teams are pretty close uh, personnel wise. Sure. Um 
I really have no basis other than the home field advantage. You know what I mean? I okay. feel I feel like there will actually be an advantage. Well, I, let, let me make the, an the observation. The opposite on that. way that it would be. Sure, you know, sure. The boneyard. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let me let me make an observation on that. One thing that I find interesting: Calhoun City is not a juggernaut offensively Mm-mm. like they have been. Yeah. Defensively, we know what they are. They're like West Point. They're always good. They're giving up about ten points a game. Mm-hmm. They've had to kind of find their way offensively. They grind you. They, they're going to grind you. They're going to give the ball to Hayden Goodson. Yep. They're going to get – I mean, they, we, we, we know what they're going to do. Charleston, interestingly enough, I, I, I just bring this up because they obviously were a more talented team, gave up 27 points to a probably undersized and, and less fast East Union team last week mm-hmm. at East Union. And they lit it up. But I think they lit it up based more on – it looked like a one-man show. The quarterback, I think it's Kentrell Gamage. Uh, I think he had five TDs. He will not have five TDs if Charleston wins this game. Like no. I said, I think it's going to be low scoring to begin with. Yeah. But I know that Calhoun City is not going to let one guy beat. I could see a 17 14 kind of game. 100%. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if a team has a kicker. I always throw that extra three points oh, in there. Oh, I know. But I could I mean, 16 14. Yeah, in the I teens. Mean, I definitely yeah. could see it in the teens. I like Calhoun City. Brian likes Charleston. Interesting. I'm, we're going to have fun talking about this yeah. one next week. Yeah. And uh, if Calhoun City wins, I'll do the Charleston. Fair. Fair. If enough. Charleston wins, I'll uh You'll yip. I'll yip. <laughs> at work. At work. <laughs> you might not be appropriate to yip at your work. <laughs> I mean I have a job. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. Make sure you don't yip. Um, okay, so let's see here. That was uh that was our two A games. One A. Um <clears throat> got some pretty good matchups here in one A. Uh wait, what was the other two A game? Oh, did I miss the two A? Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I scrolled up too fast. East Webster, North Side. Yeah, East Webster's at Northside. We did bring it. I up. know, my bad. They're East Webster's no, cool. eleven and one. Northside's twelve and zero. Probably the best records of two games. Uh, be you know, in the state. Yeah, it's twenty three and one. It, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think uh, Corinth and Itawamba have the same thing yeah, going on. Yeah. Um, Ron Price's team is playing really well. He's doing really a very well. good They're job on coaching. Fire right yeah. now. They're the most talked about team in the state based on how they won last week. Two touchdowns sandwiched around a, an onside kick. Phenomenal talk of the state. Very last improbable, Friday. but yeah, awesome. oh yeah. Uh, and he even said it. You know, if you, if you read his interview in the paper with the Daily Journal, he said, look, you know, we practice onside kicks, but everybody knows onside kick, everything's got to happen perfect. you got to get the right bounce, and the right guy's got to be in the right place at the right time. I played in – let me rephrase this. I watched a high school football game. I didn't play high school football, but I watched a game in which my high school team lost because our kicker kicked a backwards onside kick. That went behind him. He kicked it, and he nearly missed it, and it spun and went behind our kicking line of scrimmage. North Pontiac, South Pontiac, it was a uh, nine to seven game. North wow. Pontiac was winning. South Pontiac just scored a touchdown. And I'm not going to mention the kicker's name because he's the same age as me and he might listen to the podcast. But uh, he went up to kick it. And he, I don't think we ever really practiced it much. And he kind of kicked somehow the football and the way he spun it. It's, he was probably trying to toe the top of the ball, but missed the top and hit the side. And yeah, that, and the way you his know foot, what happens yep, when yeah, it, it spun like a top, and it, it literally went backwards. It was one of those we were really excited, and it was a oh. That's one of those things that uh, you <laughs> think can't happen. Uh, I've hit a golf ball behind me before. Oh, so I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, but yeah, just to speak East to Webster, the North game, Side, East Webster, North Side, uh, East Webster. And I don't mind saying this is more battle tested. Their yes. schedule has been tougher. Northside has rolled literally every single team on their schedule. They have been the better football team than everybody they've played. I think that continues this week, but I think that Northside gets a scare. And this is—I'm not calling Ron Price's football team not a real football team, but I think Northside squeaks by in this one. And whoever's waiting on them is going to be licking their chops. For sure, for sure. And and I feel like the way the things go back and forth, back and forth, if Northside wins and Cajun City wins, that game is played in the Boneyard. I think. I don't want to sp- – I speak out of turn every once in a while. But <laughs> well, yeah. if it is – That might be one to go to. Night-night Northside. <laughs> we'll talk about that <laughs> be, next week. It could be 13-0 and 0 going to the Boneyard. But fantastic oh. job by Coach Price this year, win or lose. Uh, I think they were 4-7 and seven last year, yeah. year one for him, or maybe two. Uh, but they, it's been a slow build. Kids have grown up in that program at East Webster since he left New Albany. Uh, phenomenal job by th- that they've done. Uh, they're going to make this a ball game. They are. If they win it, I'm not going to be shocked. It's going to be close late. I, I like Northside because I think East Webster is the best team they've played. Okay, I like that. All right, move, now moving on to 1A. 1A. Two big games here. we got got uh, Noxipater at Biggersville, 11-1 and 10-1. 
Okay. We always kind of talk about Biggers being a tough team. We don't really know how skilled they are, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. We know they have two really good players in Quentin Knight and Goldman Butler. I, and this time of year, at home, cold night in November, that might be all you need sometimes. Sometimes I mean, it th- is. Th- sometimes it's all you need. I say that to say that Noxipater, it, 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 this is not a diss to Biggersville because th- we talked about this last week. Two years in a row, they've just had phenomenal seasons. Coach Pratt has done a yep. – you know, and he actually lost his OC uh, last year, Shelby Waddell, to a school in Alabama who was a big key to their right. success with the Qs yeah. uh, and the packages they ran and that he designed. Where'd he go? He goes, Sullivan, where'd he go? Uh, Hueytown, maybe? Okay. I, I can't remember. I, I read it in the paper You're right, in preseason. Yeah. It wasn't Sullivan. They have another guy there. Yeah. I don't know the guy at Sullivan, but – I really, I know him actually. Continue. I'll, I'll think of his name. Well, I, I, yeah. Post podcast. Yeah, for yeah, sure. We'll yeah. Look this up. Talk. But um, no, I, I think that Noxipater, the division has just set them up for it. They're it's they're just so tough, man. Their mission is a little different than Biggersville. I think Biggersville is playing to play as far as long as they can. I think Noxipater's dead set on a rematch with Manawaya. and and I think for that reason. Based on some scores we've seen, comparative properties, this, that, and the other, I like Noxipater to win this game, but not going away. I think Biggersville makes it a game. I think it'd be pretty close. You know, what, was it the Noxipater West Lounge game that was close? Was that what it yes, was? Fourteen two. Yeah, and and I feel like this this game could kind of be along those lines. Maybe I agree. Maybe, maybe more than two. I yeah. can see fourteen ten either yeah. way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, I like Noxipater, like you said, to win a close game. But yep. they'll they'll know on Saturday that, oh, they, yeah. that they have been in Bakersville, Mississippi. Ain't no doubt that's about for sure. that. Um, I guess the uh, the last one here in one A, Nanawaya Baldwin. Now Baldwin impressed me last. Is that Nanawaya? And it's yeah, it's at Nanawaya. Uh, I I don't want to spend too too much time making jokes on this one. I think Coach Gray and Baldwin have gotten the absolute most out of this team. Uh, I think that magic runs out Friday night. I think Nanawaya is the clear-cut favorite maybe outside of Noxipater. Uh, I think everybody's kind of pointing to that game, and I think everybody's right in the fact that, that, that this game it, – it just nothing stands out to me to point to say that Baldwin can win this game. Now, I'm, I'll say this. I think from an offensive perspective, I think that Baldwin has a better scheme. Yeah, they have a guy that can stand back there and really step into throws, make some big time throws, and he can actually make plays with his feet. Um, the the running back Jevrick Ritchie last week had a big game, yeah. 179 yards, carried him to a win versus TCPS. And let me say this: last week Baldwin's defense really impressed me. Without Jacoby Williams, who's leading the state in interceptions, he'll be back this week. He was banged up. Uh, he should be rested enough this week. The problem is, is that he's not a defensive tackle. And if you're going to beat Nanawaya, you have got to stop the run, and they are so big. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are not a traditional 1A football team in how they look. Uh, they can literally line up and run over you, around you, and past you. And I just fully expect that to actually happen this week. I think that, I think Baldwin scores. I think they get some points on the board. But I see this in a going-away fashion 62-35 type okay. of game. Yeah, I think Baldwin keep it close for a couple quarters, and then it's probably just going to be too much in Hawaii. After yeah, that. I am for, for sure. I like that prediction there. Um, sh- shout out to David Jenkins; he's going to do a fantastic Absolutely. job on the radio as he always does. Um, but like I said, I like you said, you, you got to have a different kind of athlete on the front line. Agree to play Nanawaya, and I just think looking at the personnel of Baldwin. probably don't have enough in those positions. You know, like Agreed. you said, if they, if Nanawaya was slinging around the yard. Going to put up 60 in a different way. Now, there there is one player on Baldwin that will definitely look the part. I don't know his name, but number 77. He is gigantic. He will get more snaps this week than he probably has all year simply because we know that Nanawaya is going to run the football. Yeah, he plays, he plays offensive right guard, if I'm correct, yep. right? And then plays the nose yeah. when, they're in, in, when they're trying to stop the run. So, yeah. I think he'll get in the game a lot. He could clog up some holes, could make it interesting. He is a double team. Just, yes, you know what I mean. Just like yes, he's so large. It, offensively, yeah, you, he's he's in the way enough, mm-hmm. and he could get his hands out enough to shield Maddox Richie. Really time effective to throw. pass blocking. Yes, and on defense, he is a go straight forward. Yeah, guy. and you know he's the Bust kind of up the and if Nana Wyatt ever has to put the ball in the air, get your hands up. 
Yes, absolutely. He, you know, good, he's a tall. Good, good look. He's about, he looks like he's about 6'6". Six, 6'5", six. Six, 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 yeah, probably 300, 310. For sure, for sure. Uh, number 77. 77. That's right, that's right, yep. All right, well, that's our that's our MA, uh, MHSAA slate, and we have a couple games in the, uh, the area on the MAIS side. And I cannot think of a better person to preview these for you than our MAIS aficionado, Mr. Brian Ball. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate that. McKinley, all your kind words and the pups here, ready for my MAIS in-depth interview. Uh, now, with that being said, I really don't know a whole lot strategically and uh, roster speaking for these teams, but we will start uh, at the top at five uh, for our area, that is. In yes. 6A, you got Jackson Prep versus MRA. Actually going to be a really good game. Really good Always game. Always is. Absolutely. Two best teams money can buy. Coach uh, Ricky Black, man. Death and taxes. He's at Ricky Black. And Herbert Davis is at MRA. That's, a, that's and, right. And I got a Herbert Davis story. Everybody always talks about Brian's got an MAI story. So my dad was a basketball coach at Indianola Academy. Herbert Davis was the football coach. Herbert Davis was an offensive genius. You know what I mean? And, and I remember watching him do things. And my dad would always say, he's my kind of football coach. He's fun. Yeah. He's not monotonous, and he every once in a while he gets a little cute. You know what I mean? And I like that about Herbert yeah. Davis. But that's going to be a good game. It's not in our area, so we won't talk much about that. But Absolutely. Ricky Black's a what? You, what's his name? Uh, he's a Tupelo. Ricky guy. Black, former from Tupelo. It's a Tupelo guy. Yeah. yeah. He's won like <laughs> fourteen state titles. That'll be yeah. I mean, if it's he he was winning them. If he's not winning them, MRA's winning them. That's you right. Know what I mean, JA they have pushed JA Park Lane. Oh yeah. Out of the, I mean, back in the day, those four schools were, were the big boys, and Park Lane's. Pretty much non-existent now. Hartfield's an academy. It's yes, on the come up down there. Chuck Box, baseball coach. Absolutely. Nice um, all right, the game in our area. That's there are two of them that are big note. Or one of them really, but I'm going to mention another one. In five A, we have Heritage at thirteen and zero versus Starkville at nine and four. This is the biggest matchup, uh, rivalry speaking, in North Mississippi, and they happen to be playing each other in state turn in the state championship. It's a big game. 20 miles away. Mm-hmm. It's also is this game at Heritage, you said? It is at – no, it's uh, Mississippi College. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a, yeah. Sure, that's right. Okay, yeah. Um, so – Hold on. It might be – it might actually be somewhere else. Yeah. From what it's saying here – It's at MC. It's, it, well, it's, what, well, from what the website I am perusing says, it says that Saturday's game between Prep and MRA is at MC. Okay. But it's saying that the other games are at Jackson Academy. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. I cool. get that. <laughs> that makes it pretty yeah. crystal clear. So, <laughs> yeah, why don't they just let – they should just let the uh, state – I mean, uh, Starkville Academy and Heritage play at Davis Wade. Yeah. I mean, Or East <laughs> Mississippi. <laughs> Starkville High. Starkville High. I, mean, I wouldn't care, but anywhere but, yeah. anywhere but down there at Jackson Academy. Uh, don't know much about the rosters, but I will say this. Uh, I think Heritage thumped them earlier in the year. Am I mm-hmm. right? Heritage has several college-level um, football players around the field, but they especially have an SEC-level offensive lineman. Yes. And um, in the MAIS league, when you have somebody like that who can control the offensive line of scrimmage and yes. on defense, it's really tough. You know what I mean? It's one thing to have a quarterback, but when you have a big old dude up there that you can run behind, a lot of time that's the tipping Two point. players that, that, that spring to mind when I think of the, the kid from Heritage, I think it's Eli Acker, I think is his name. Yeah. Does that sound right? Yep. Um, but two players. Plays basketball too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two players that spring to mind. Sadiq Charles yep. played at MRA. MRA. Is now the left guard at LSU. Mm-hmm. Starting left guard at LSU. Yep. And Anthony Steen, I think, that played at Lee Academy. Yeah. Started two years at Alabama. You will not ever see an SEC offer for a MAIS offensive lineman unless they expect him to be really, yep. really, really good. Yep. They don't take projects out of, 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 of the private school You're right. association. Yeah. They, they they get guys that they know are going to be They'll able to take play. a project out of Canton High School. Yeah, 100%. They'll, take, they'll take a project out of Northside. But Absolutely. if you come from the private school, they, you expect you to be refined, just like the Memphis private schools. Uh, 100%. You know, I mean, for exactly sure. Exactly the same sure. way. Yeah. Uh, in the end, man, I, it's just Heritage's year, man. I mean, it they, really is. They've they've just every week, week in, week out, they dominate, man. And 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 Starkville Academy has always been a hair better than Heritage in football. Football has always kind of been Starkville Academy's thing, and I think a lot of it has to do with from a competitive perspective of public and private school. You know, they got the Yellow Jackets right across the street, so they kind of saw that success for years right. and years and years, and they're like, you know, we want to look like that too in the private school sector. Uh, Coach Jeff Terrell used to be at. He was Wild, there for a while. He yeah. was there for a while and kind of started that thing, man. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, man, I, I think it's just Heritage's turn. I agree. I like Heritage in this game. I like them too. I, I think they're they're a little bit more talented. They got a few more athletes on the edge, and they, like I said, they got the big guy in the middle. 
or I think he plays left tackle left for Left tackle, him. yeah. Yeah, um, I think Heritage wins this one in a, in a, in a pretty close game. Yeah. This game always seems to be close in the playoffs. Absolutely. It really does. And, you know, just it's always funny with the roster size and depth in the MAIS. If a quarterback gets hurt for Heritage, game could be different. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's just, it's, you know, you never know. So, That's exactly right. Um, it's not like the public school. A little different over there. Um, and then uh, I guess the final one, it's not really an area team, but I just want to mention it real quick before we wrap up. Uh, Greenville St. Joe, former public school team that had been forced to move to the MAIS, oh, is in the yeah. uh, 3A state championship against the Colonels, my friends from Indianola Academy. Let so. me say this, uh, Brian, this is important, actually. Greenville St. Joe has got a dandy dozen that is committed to Mississippi State. Really? Oh, that's right. The running yeah. back. Uh, Dylan something. Dylan, uh, Dylan Ivy, maybe? I'll, I'll look that up, but uh, his number's been eye-popping. Um, you know, Greenville St. Joe. They got a nice facility over there. Really, really nice facility. They're good in all there. their sports, baseball, soccer, oh, you basketball, name it. football. They're always good. good. This 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 kid is a – he is an SEC running back. So, kind of in the same token from, from the offensive lineman, he's kind of built in the Jerry and Ely mode, maybe a little less – not quite as fast, not mm. quite as built up. But uh, plays kind of a scat back role, but has been really, really impressive so far for Greenville St. Joe. I like Greenville St. Joe. I think that they will win the game as well, but I like Indianola. You're rooting for <laughs> Indianola, Cat. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. This, this is spade to spade. St. Joe's going to have too many athletes. 100%. They got a few more Greenville athletes that are going to be yep. on the edge fast. Uh, I think this is Indianola's fifth straight year in the state championship. And they're one of the yeah. they're one of the they're one of the consistent good programs in Absolutely. the in the MAIS North. I just think Greenville St. Joe gonna have a few too many athletes a too for much. them. You know they they are a they were a powerhouse in one A in the public school. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know so that kind of translates pretty well to the MAIS. It really does. You know I, you know it'd be kind of like if you put I don't know, if you put Knox Pater. I mean that's oh yeah you know they, I mean? they would compete on that three A MAIS level for sure. They would compete <laughs> probably a little higher. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see them in Heritage play. We could see how, awesome. how that would work out. But anyway, that's our that's our private school and public school playoff slate for the week. Um, and things are really, I guess, heating up as they're winding down. Yes. So, um, give me your game of the week. Louisville at Greenwood. Okay, since you stole mine, I'm going to change it. <laughs> I knew you were going with that's why I'm glad you asked me first. Uh, I like that Cone City Charleston game. I do too. I that's like a, that game. Two get not far from each other. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, well, y'all, we won't be on the radio this week. No, so we're not going to tell you where to listen. So to we're not going to tell you to listen to on Friday night. Uh, but with that being said, you can always find uh, McKinley at on Twitter at uh, at McKinley Holland. It's M C K I N L E Y H O L L A N D. Alibi. You, uh, and then uh, I am at B D Baldwin in the number twenty four. I'll probably change that up one day, but. Right now, BD Ball in twenty four is what I'm at, and you can find the uh, the podcast on Twitter at the Happening Pod and on Instagram at Happening Pod. Somebody yes, had sir. the D there, couldn't use that. So uh, that's pretty much all we got going on. Uh, you want to sign us off there, Chief? I sure will, folks. Uh, we first and foremost, we appreciate you listening to the Scoreboard Show every Friday night. Brian and I were tickled to do it for the first year. Very very thankful to Raymond Jordan. Uh, Adam Gore, Dodson, the whole family up there at Mississippi Family uh, Radio Group. Jimmy Seaside. Jimmy Seaside. I had a day, by the Get way. Get the – I did. I almost had to mute myself. I did. I drove by there and had a line, and so I, I didn't have time. I mean – Well, let me tell you what I was going to do. I was going to the junior high soccer game tonight. Mm-hmm. I was trying – I was going to drive through Popeye's. Mm-hmm. Line was to the to – the, to the mm-hmm. to Gloucester, mm-hmm. I looked across the street and said, "You know what? Those are my buddies over there. There's nobody in line. I bet get in well, over there." And I'm gonna say this too: I bet Jimmy Seaside. They already had a pretty good following down there. Oh yeah, but I bet they've gotten a bigger following now by people who'd never been there going to Popeyes, sure. and being too long, and then going next door and going, "Oh yeah, everything." They got all those good looking pictures on their on and their the, building. And the thing about Jimmy Seaside is they don't talk about their chicken sandwich and stuff, oh, no. but the things they have across the street from Popeyes are just as good as. It's so good. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, sorry to interrupt, but I got no, excited. No, I got uh, excited there and a little bit upset that you went, but I'll be eating some uh, voodoo donuts without you this weekend. Yeah, sorry about it's that. Twice this season. This year, anyway, maybe three. Yeah. But uh, no, um, yeah, man, I, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm really, really excited for what the show's got moving forward as far as the the scoreboard show. We can't wait till next August. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have more new, fresh ideas. We're gonna keep it fun, keep it casual, and still bring you the scores. We thank you so much for listening to us there. Uh, and like Brian said, you can catch us on Twitter and on Happen Pod. We'll have this linked up pretty soon. We'll preview the rest of the playoffs as we go, and then we'll hop into some basketball season, folks. It's been an absolute blast. We will catch you next week on the preview show. 